Good morning, everyone. And good morning to you at home, whether you're watching online with us right now or whether you're watching later in the day, you are all most welcome. So we begin our worship with the words of Psalm 33. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So let's put our hope in God as we worship together, singing that great hymn, To God Be the Glory. Loving God, we come before you with contrite hearts and ask for your forgiveness for all the wrong things we have done or the wrong or hurtful words which may have come from our mouths in recent days. We know that we do not honor you when these things happen. So we pray that in your love for us, you would show mercy so that we might continue to strive to be more like Jesus in our daily lives. Forgive us and renew us. Loving Saviour, we are sorry for the times we do not live by your commandments to look out for our neighbours, preferring to walk by on the other side of the road at times. Give us the resolve to try harder, to show your love to the people we come into contact with. Forgive us and renew us. Holy Spirit, forgive us when we forget to look to you for guidance, when we pay little attention to you, the third person in the Trinity. Forgive us and renew us so that we might learn more about you and understand the gifts you have for us so that we might use them wisely to further your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. And we say together the words 
that Jesus taught us to pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Earlier this week, I was able to meet up with another of our young people who is disappearing to do some more study, she says. You know what students are like. But anyway, I thought while she was here, I would just utilize her. So Heather is going to do our reading today. Today's reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight and may they flow through to connect and open eyes and hearts that we all might see you more clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, this first Sunday after Easter, we're starting a new series which will run through to Pentecost. We're going to be looking at spiritual gifts. Now, we've done this a number of times over the years, but we always unpack it differently each time. And it might be useful because we need to know how to use the spiritual gifts, how we can seek to minister as a church and as individuals to others. And God gives us these gifts to enable us to do that. So from our reading today, 
we can see that the disciples had to endure a period of waiting. Waiting. Probably not supposed to walk around, but waiting. Casing the floor and waiting. How many of you are good at waiting? Oh, a couple of hands, but that's all. Our series, uh, our, our title for today is Waiting for dot 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 question mark. Mm. So, Elaine considers herself patient, she's good at waiting. We're not very good at waiting, most of us. Whether it's waiting for a pot or a kettle to boil, whether it's waiting for a bus or a train, although we've not been doing a lot of that recently, or waiting for a special celebration, a birthday, an anniversary, or we've even been finding out on Zoom calls, waiting for the audio connection. Have you experienced that one? It's terrible. We, we, we get impatient. We do a lot of waiting. But we've been doing so much more of that over this past year. Waiting for a vaccination. Waiting to move from one tier down to a lower tier. Waiting to see our family and friends again. Perhaps our experiences of waiting during the pandemic may give us a greater example or greater understanding of what the disciples had to endure back then. So, those of us who don't like waiting, how do we wait? In most cases, there's probably some anticipation and excitement as we wait and we look forward to what is going to happen. Usually it's something special. But other times we wait with that sense of frustration and impatience and when the bus is running late or, as we said, the Zoom link is taking forever. Some people can't wait patiently for anything, whether it's birthdays or Christmases. Her daughter is one of those. She always wants to know what's happening, what she's getting for her birthday, even though her birthday's a month away, and even as an adult she's like that. Some of us want to know what's happening, and we want to know now. We're not good at waiting. And yet, here in the the New Testament we see the disciples playing a waiting game again. So soon after Jesus' crucifixion, when he died on that Good Friday for our sins. At that time, the disciples had to wait three days. Wait, wait for Jesus' resurrection, hoping that what he said would come to fruition. Unfortunately for us, it did. After that, we can read in the Gospels of the things Jesus did. His appearances to Mary, his appearances in the upper room and back again for Thomas, his meeting with people on the Emmaus Road by the lake when the disciples are fishing, and of Jesus giving the Great Commission. Luke writes, and Luke is the author of the book of Acts, it's his second book, 
These take place over the 40 days after the resurrection. 40 days of waiting for the disciples, but days in which Jesus spent time building up the disciples' confidence, training and equipping them, ready to serve the kingdom of God. Training them to be leaders in the new church. All of these things happen, and then Jesus says again, wait. But wait for what? Now, some versions of scripture give a clue in the heading to the passage. The English Standard Version, it tells us the promise of the Holy Spirit. But other versions, we have to read through to verse 4 to find the clue, where Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait for the gift my Father promised. Now the first point to note here is that Jesus tells the disciples not to leave Jerusalem yet. Well, he doesn't use yet, but you get the idea. Because they weren't fully prepared, not fully equipped. They needed the power which would come with a fresh baptism of Holy Spirit. And that would mean waiting another 10 days, hence the 50 that we have from resurrection to Pentecost. Jesus talks about sending a comforter or an advocate or a helper. And the Greek term is parakletos, which literally means one who comes alongside Jesus said to the disciples in John chapter 14, at verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus then goes on to explain later on in that chapter, verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. There are several other references in later chapters in John. So it would appear that the disciples had been well informed about what was to happen but they were still left waiting and wondering. The second point to note is that the promise stems from the Old Testament when the prophet Joel wrote those famous words which are repeated in Acts chapter 2. I will pour out my spirit on all people. God meant this gift of Holy Spirit for all of us not just a selected few. And from this, we can take it that the experience that was to come on the day of Pentecost was just was not just an historic event. It was and is something which should be a present reality for all of us. 
So there might be some listening, wondering, what's all that about? What part does Holy Spirit play in our lives today? Some may even be asking, who or what is Holy Spirit? And if that is your question, can I direct you to, I can direct you to one book, um, R.T. Kendall's book, Holy Fire, which lists 21 things every Christian should know about the Holy Spirit based on scripture and on what Jesus says, including Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is eternal. He's a teacher. He can be grieved. He will predict the future. He will glorify Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is manifested through various spiritual gifts. And you can look up you know, any reference library for Holy Spirit and you'll find a number of books which will inform your thinking about who Holy Spirit is. One thing I have learned in recent years is that we will never be who we are meant to be in Christ until we submit to the outpouring of Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And by immersing ourselves fully in the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. And if we do all of that, we will be equipped to serve God's kingdom in various ways, not just on the tech desks. I'm hoping that we'll explore more of that in this series in the coming weeks. It's a lot to take in, but stay with it. If we go back to our reading, we'll see that the last word that Jesus speaks to his disciples before he ascended to heaven were, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That power comes as a result of Holy Spirit, that wind, that ruach sweeping through us, winds of transformative change in our lives. In the Bible, we once the Holy Spirit has come on the disciples and all those gathered, we see the once timid and scared disciples becoming bold evangelists. Now, I'm not saying that when Holy Spirit is stirred up in us that we're all going to be bold evangelists, because God has different roles for each and every one of us. And he wants to give us that power to enable us, giving us the strength to carry out Jesus' instruction of being his witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. With these words, Jesus finally commissioned his disciples. But it's a commission for all of us too. And we should be able to rise to it. To step out in it, in the confidence that Holy Spirit will give us. We're called to be witnesses. But Jesus doesn't leave us to do it in our own strength. 
It also doesn't mean that we have to head overseas to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to be witnesses. Our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, etc. could be close by. We might be called to be witnesses to our families, to our friends, to our neighbourhoods, in our offices and in our workplaces, in our sheltered housing complexes, in our gyms, and so many other places. While we wait on Jesus to come back again, we have a job to do. We are called to be witnesses. Witnesses to the truth. Often when we think of witnesses, we think about you know, a court, a sheriff court, high court, whatever. So as witnesses, are you ready to give evidence? Do you trust God enough to know that he will give you the right words to say or equip you with the right thing to do when the time comes? Some of us may find that we've already been equipped and we are aware of what Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. But it might not happen in the way that we think. So we might think that God is preparing us and we're going to be zapped by Holy Spirit and that's not always how it works. It can be a gentle transformation, but equally it can be a full-on transformation. Let me give you an example of how God can, well, it's not an example of how God can prepare us, but it's an example showing we can be prepared in different ways. I was watching Karate Kid recently with my grandson. Not my choice, I hasten to add. It's the story of a boy who desperately wants to learn karate from a wise master um, so that he can enter a competition uh, against some of the boys who've regularly been beating him up at school, picking on him and so on. The karate master, rather than teaching him all the ha ha hum, etc., um, he gives him jobs to do, none of which will seem to help him in his efforts to become a karate ch- uh, champion. Painting fences using both hands. Sanding decking using both hands. Polishing cars using both hands. And the boy is made to do these jobs over a few weeks. And he gets really frustrated that he can't do what he has asked to happen. He was anxious. He didn't think he was ever going to be ready in time to take part in the competition. But all of these jobs were actually preparing him. The wise master was utilizing his muscles, his reflexes and so on, so that at the end of the day, he was able to master the karate actions. All the time he was being prepared. And I think that God is our wise master, teaching us patience and perseverance, opening our minds to his supernatural powers 
and spiritual gifts. We just have to work with him. We have to seek a deeper understanding of what he calls us to do and then act when he calls us. And not to be afraid that we're not equipped because God will have been preparing us in ways that we haven't even thought about. And for those who are aware of their giftings, then we all still need to be constantly seeking to be refilled by Holy Spirit. We leak Holy Spirit. We always have to ask God to fill us anew. However, it's not something that we can do on our own and in our own strength. It's something that only God can do. He will fill us anew with Holy Spirit. Some of us may struggle with this, but we're not in this alone. Please know that our ministry team, we are available to you if you want to talk about any aspect of Holy Spirit, of spiritual gifts, or if you just want someone to pray with you to help you understand Most of these things are happening by Zoom at the moment, but we can do it. God calls us to wait. We are all in a time of waiting, waiting on Jesus returning to us. And in God's time, all will be well. We just need to be patient and trust in him. And as we wait, there is still much that we can do because we have been blessed by God's outpouring of Holy Spirit in our lives. We've been empowered to love all people, pray for others, listen to God for others. And all the while we are continuing to learn and grow in the spiritual gifts God has given us. We need to stop looking up to the clouds or walking around with our heads in the clouds as the disciples did as they watched Jesus ascend into heaven. They were almost waiting for someone else to take the lead. God has called each of us to be his witnesses and to lead out his kingdom. Are you ready to answer God's call? And if he's not calling you yet, follow the example of the disciples later in Acts 1. Because as they waited, they prayed together, they studied God's word together, and they went about their business waiting for the time. And they waited. And we wait. Amen. John Ritchie, our session clerk, will now lead us in our prayers for others, which also includes prayers for the royal family. Let us join together in prayer. Father, we put our trust in you, for you have promised never to leave us nor forsake us. 
loving Lord, in this last year, through the worst of the pandemic, we've been made more aware of our fragility and vulnerability. We've had the chance to rethink our priorities and what really matters in life. We pray for those who've lost loved ones and who've not been able to gather together to mark the passing or be supported as they mourn the loss. We think of those affected in this way in our circle of families and friends and those we know in the wider church and community. Particularly today, we remember the life and service of Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. We give thanks for the way he supported Her Majesty the Queen through all the years of her reign and for his work supporting charities and the education and development of young people. In this time of loss, we offer our prayers for the Queen and her family. May she know the peace that comes from knowing you, and in the days to come, draw strength from her faith and rely on the hope that comes from the defeat of death in the Easter story. We pray the same for all we know who have suffered loss, for those who still feel deep pain and grief. Even in the situations where you seem absent and life feels without meaning, may they yet find your presence and strength and your guiding and purpose for the future. Father, we think about our wider community, praying for the candidates and campaigning for the Scottish parliamentary election next month. You are the giver of all wisdom, and we seek leaders whose path is guided by your will and according to your ways. May there be constructive debate, and we particularly remember those candidates who are Christians that they may seek your will and in their lives find you a firm foundation. And finally, we take time to pray for ourselves as a church as we wait and seek your guidance for our ministry and mission after lockdown and as life returns to normal. Help us to know how to make your love known and be good citizens in our local community bringing hope and light in what has been a difficult year for so many. These and all our prayers we ask in the name of Jesus, who through his life, death and resurrection offers us new life and hope in place of despair. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's go from this act of worship into this day and this week prepared to love and serve the Lord as Jesus has shown us, rejoicing in the power of his Spirit. And now may God's blessing be upon us and remain with us always. Amen. Have a good week, everyone. We look forward to seeing you again.